0: to another edition of the unicorns podcast this is a podcast series featuring business leaders motivators innovators and general go-getters welcome to another edition of the unicorns podcast today we take a deep dive into the world of blockchain technology and its transformative power in the realm of crowdfunding ian Lowe is the visionary behind Daxi chain a revolutionary platform that is reshaping the future of crowdfunding Daxi Chain is on a mission to break down the barriers that have long constrained equity crowdfunding, making it a global phenomenon. In this episode, we'll explore Ian's journey with the business from concept to reality, the unique qualities of Daxi Chain, the challenges faced, and the exciting future that awaits investors and innovators alike get ready to unlock the potential of blockchain in the world of finance. Ian Lowe, welcome to the program. Good to be with you. Shall we start with a little bit about yourself, Ian, your background and experience?
1: Yeah, sure, Justin. So look, I've spent 25 years founding, co-founding and managing high growth technology businesses. Uh, Some of those have been privately held companies. I've also been at A CEO and director of a couple of ASX-listed companies, but all of those experiences there's a there's a couple of common themes. One is that they've been really innovation-focused, high-growth companies. So, trying to think differently, act differently, bring new solutions to market that the world hadn't seen before. Uh, And the other is that they're, they're global companies. So the problems that those companies were solving were global in nature, and therefore the market opportunity for those companies was was global. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: And so what exactly is the big idea behind Daxi Chain?
1: Well, maybe the, the best way to answer that, that question is to frame or provide a little bit of context about and also talk about the problem that we're solving. So we started to look at crowdfunding you know, right back in 2017. And it was very much in the context of the emergence of blockchain-enabled technologies, today what we might broadly describe as Web3 technologies that are leveraging decentralized capabilities, uh, not just in finance, but in a whole range of different areas to provide new solutions, um, in some cases solutions to problems that have long existed, in other cases just a better way of doing what we've always done. And When we looked at some of the innovation opportunities around decentralized finance and the block, the underlying blockchain capability, we started to talk about and think about uh, what it might mean for things like equity crowdfunding. And um, that was in some ways a logical thing to start to think about because equity crowdfunding is is arguably also a very decentralized proposition where everyday investors have access to high growth companies and and can can take a position and 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 go on the journey with those companies as they grow. So we looked at we looked at equity crowdfunding and what what we discovered was that it, equity crowdfunding is growing. It's it's growing in almost all of the markets in which it operates at any level of scale today. And these are all regulated markets, so it's where they've got rules around what you can and can't do with crowdfunding generally and in particular with equity crowdfunding. And when we look at those markets we can see it's growing, but but if we look at equity crowdfunding in a broader context of well, how much innovation today is being funded through crowdfunding? It's actually a very small number, it's less than 1%. So in in 2022 around about 1.7 billion US dollars was invested through crowdfunding platforms in early stage, high growth companies. Over that same period, um, around about two hundred and fifty billion dollars was invested by private equity and venture capital, and all of these other sources of sophisticated uh, investment capital. So, it's less than one percent is coming through crowdfunding. So, we, we looked at this and we thought, why? Why is that? Why is this enormous potential of unlocking the power of the crowd and democratizing? investing in early stage businesses. Why why has this not become larger than less than one percent? And the, the answer to that question is really the big idea behind DaxiChain. And the answer to that question is that that crowdfunding today is really done in a local market by a local provider tapping into a local crowd. And offering local in local companies to invest in, so the entire proposition is local, and there's a local set of rules and regulations around how that must be done. So the idea of scaling crowdfunding into a cross-border proposition has never been done before, not not with any scale and not not across any number of meaningful markets. And so, the more we dug into that, this lack of scale, the more interested we were in how technology could solve that problem. and Really what we see today with Daxi Chain, both the business model and the technology platform that we've built, is our response to this problem in equity crowdfunding of the question, how do we become global? How do we achieve global scale so that the crowd of investors is global, the catalog of companies that we can invest in is global, but it's actually achieved through a series of participating platforms, all of which are local. So that's really the big idea behind Daxi Chain. How do we make crowdfunding global?
0: And so if we go a little bit further into that, Ian, how did you go about approaching the, the process of developing the idea into a viable business?
1: Well, that's a, that's a really good question. And so look, we, we, we looked at a whole host of things as you, as you would when you start with a clean sheet. Uh, you know, had a good look at who the established players were and how they're how they're running those businesses, what their technology is doing, and what's actually being done as a manual process behind that technology. We had to have a really close look at the compliance requirements across different markets. There's a lot of commonality in the rules for equity crowdfunding in different markets, but there's also a lot of differences. And so, in in many cases, those differences are highly nuanced so we had to find common ground where a single technology platform that we build once and launch to the world allows us to provide for all of those nuances um so that was one of the the areas of focus and then the other was the actual model itself i mean there's a number of ways that we might go about you know providing a global crowdfunding solution one of those would be to become a crowdfunding platform ourselves. I think pretty early on we decided that we didn't want to be our own crowdfunding platform. That would mean that we were competing with established crowdfunding platforms. And really what we decided we needed to do was to find a way to empower and enable those existing platforms to become global rather than competing with them as an as yet another platform. So the actual business model itself was really important and and we landed again on this decentralized model where we've built an infrastructure, licensed crowdfunding platforms can plug into our infrastructure. That then creates a network of participating platforms and they can share investment opportunities with each other and expose their deals to a global crowd, which is really the sum of the crowds that exist on all of those participating platforms across many markets.
0: And just on that end, does that then mean? Because sometimes there is a limit as to the quantum of funds that can be raised at any one time for any particular company. So, if you are tapping into the network global effect, does that then, as a the byproduct, increase how much you can raise at any one time?
1: No, it doesn't, because the issuer and the issuer just refers to the company that's raising the capital. the The issuer must contract with a platform, and that will. Almost invariably, be a company that is domiciled in the same country as they are. Okay, so those rules will always apply. What it means, though, is that um, if a limit in a given market exists, let's call it five million dollars, which might be the the cap in a given market around um, uh, the regulations on the on the cap for how much can be raised through crowdfunding, that five million dollar limit still applies but the point is that you've actually got access to many many more investors through this network through which to fulfill whatever that target amount of capital is so it means there's more capital available it means that we can raise capital faster and over time as the network effect starts to take hold we think that for issuers the opportunity is potentially even to to raise that capital at a better price so these are all the the benefits that that can that become very real once equity crowdfunding realizes a genuine scale and when we look at this to put it in perspective you know we we've looked at this very closely we think there's about 100 million people in the world with $5,000 or more that's available for them to invest in anything that's 500 billion dollars of capital that's available to invest in high growth companies. But we only unlock anything like that 500 billion if we can operate at scale across many markets. And we can do that by simply connecting all of the existing platforms to create this network. And that's what DaxiChain technology does.
0: What a great idea. Okay. So what are, Ian, some of the critical success factors for you at Dexy Chain?
1: Well, for us, it starts with with the the product platform itself, the the technology. So that has to solve certain problems uh, straight out of the box. Um, Our minimum viable product has to achieve certain things for its users. And so as you would expect in any technology company, we spend a huge amount of time understanding what those problems are, assessing different ways we can address those and building out the technology to do that. So the the platform has to achieve everything that we're claiming it can achieve right from day one. But uh, beyond that, the you know the longer term success for Daxi Chain is really about building this network of participating platforms. So once we start to accelerate the growth of that network, it becomes very difficult from a competitive standpoint for anyone else to come in and say, "Well, listen, that's a great idea, and we're going to have a run at that as well," because we will already have a beachhead. We will have a moat in the form of, of of a network, the world's first network of equity crowdfunding platforms. So that that uh, our ability to rapidly grow our network of participating platforms is an enormous focus for us in the last quarter of this year and beyond. Uh, and a lot of our effort and and also our our investment is is being focused on on the need to grow that network quickly.
0: And so for those of our listeners who are keen on following the progress of Daxi Chain, perhaps, Ian, give us an update on the status of exactly where the company is at today.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. So look, the whole history, if you like, is we've we spent a number of years building out some of the, the more complicated elements of the technology transaction layers, being able to move investment funds from one platform in one part of the world in one currency quickly and cheaply to another platform in another part of the world in another currency and being able to do that at scale across any combination of currencies. So a lot of that complexity took some time for us to design and build. Uh, But today we have a fully functioning platform. Uh, It's been released, officially released earlier this year. We've also gone and signed our first, what we call our foundation partners. So these are licensed established equity crowdfunding platforms uh, in various markets to create this foundation group which is really the start of, of building the the network uh, and those partners have uh, built integrations into our infrastructure into our daxi chain technology infrastructure and this is the the technology that allows them to communicate with each other share deals with each other take investment from their own crowd on behalf of a deal that started on someone else's platform um, through a different partner in the network. So so we've released the platform, um, we've refined our our model, um, not just how we go to market, but how we make money, very important. Uh, we validated all of that. We've signed first partners that built first integrations, and we're now in the process of executing our first deal, which of course will validate not just the technology, but but the much bigger opportunity. So we're we're obviously very excited about that. It's a very important stage for the business, but hugely exciting.
0: And in terms of the enterprise itself, Daxi Chain, how how is that being funded? What's the um, what's the financial runway of of Daxi Chain? Give us an idea of of the operation involved there, Ian.
1: So look, we've been running we've been running the development on Daxi Chain as a bootstrapped component within an established tech team. And So we've been able to keep the costs right down to this point. Moving forward, we're, as we start to build the network, we're clearly going to need to scale the operations to support that growth. And so uh, the capital raising that we're looking at at the moment is, is really designed to fund the growth in operations that are required to continue to build out the platform and to drive sales and marketing to build the network.
0: And how much are you looking... Um- Ideally, to to raise, Ian.
1: Look, our target figure is is, is half a million dollars Australian dollars. Um, that gets us a long way down the track in terms of the future. Uh, and as the business starts to gather momentum, then uh, the the revenues that that, that we're uh, securing start to offset those in a really meaningful way in twelve to eighteen months' time. So, uh, building the network does take take a bit of time, but we've been able to really. Contain the cost to this point and the capital raising uh, that we're doing at 500000 I think is really, really good value for both investors and, and existing shareholders. Can you perhaps
0: delve a little deeper into how the blockchain technology is enabling DaxiChain to create this unified crowdfunding global ecosystem?
1: Yeah, certainly. So the, the blockchain component of the technology really is about how we're able to move investment money around the world quickly and cheaply. So, when we started to look at this, we said, okay, let's imagine we've got a deal that starts in Australia and it's listed on an Australian equity crowdfunding platform. And there's a local crowd in Australia that may then choose to invest in that opportunity. Through DAXI chain, that crowdfunding platform in Australia can now expose that deal to other platforms and other crowds of investors in the UK or in Europe or in parts of Asia or in New Zealand and and so what we started to realize is that if you're taking investment from a crowd in the UK for example but that investment needs to find its way to a platform in Australia then really you've got to have a technology that can move value around the globe quickly and cheaply and to do that at scale. Um, If we're in 100 countries over time, we might be operating in 60 or 70 currencies. So 70 squared is a big number and you start to get to large numbers of, of, of currency pairs that all need to happen quickly and cheaply. So banking rails just simply aren't an option. They're slow and they're expensive. And so we started to look at blockchain technology. And this idea of transferring value through blockchain is really, in many respects, the reason that blockchain was created. So it's very good at doing that. Precisely. Yes. Yes. It's very good at doing that and it does it almost instantaneously. It does it very cost effectively compared to the banking system. And so really, this is about leveraging the same rails that would be used by you know, lots of different digital assets, including crypto where we can transfer value from one destination to another quickly and cheaply. So, our blockchain and our Web three component is really this this payments layer where we've got the ability to move investment money from one platform to another platform in any combination from and to anywhere, really quickly and really cost effectively. And that's absolutely central to making sure that the Daxi chain business is not just scalable, but in its own right, as it grows, very profitable when you
0: were doing your research Ian into the potential viability of the business were you surprised that a product that a business like this didn't already exist at least certainly in the form that you've brought to market
1: it's a really really good question justin the answer is when we first looked at it yes we were when we started to land on this idea of a decentralized network where you know we weren't competing with the 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 partners that participate in that network. We were just simply the infrastructure and understanding how all of that would work. We we were thinking to ourselves, well, why, why hasn't anyone done this before? And then the deeper and deeper we got into it around the technology, being able to transfer funds around the world quickly and cheaply, as I was describing, but also managing some of the compliance nuances across different markets. The deeper we got into that, the more it became clear that the answer was, well, because it's actually a lot of hard work. And um, <laughs> none, of, none of the answers are uh, too the, hard yeah none of the answers have been particularly easy um in in well certainly some of the answers haven't been particularly easy in each of those areas, so it's just a case of iterating the solutions, prototyping and testing and benchmarking that against other ways that you might solve different parts of the of the puzzle so you know what we have today is is really the outcome of you know, years of research and development, prototyping, testing. Now that we're live, it's hugely exciting, but we also know what it's going to take for somebody else to come in and look to emulate this idea and, and to do it under this model. It's going to take time and, and, and investment.
0: If we look at the Australian market for a moment, there are a number of existing players in the crowdfunding space. Our listeners, I'm certain, would be familiar with, with some of them. I'm keen to know, Ian, how you're working uh, with them and what their reaction has been to the technology that you've you've brought to them.
1: Well, look, the, f- the first thing is to just to clarify that crowdfunding uh, it's a little bit like ice cream. It comes in a whole bunch of flavors. So um, it's, it's not all the same. So there's 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 different types of crowdfunding. Our solution is very focused on what's called equity crowdfunding. And that is just simply a growth company looking for growth capital issues new shares to investors so that those investors have equity in the company. There are other types of crowdfunding where you might issue, um, instead of shares, you might um Grant people privileges or rewards in a particular product or program. There's charity-based crowdfunding, which is essentially donations. Um, there's, 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 a there's a few different flavors, but we are our solution is, is equity crowdfunding and equity crowdfunding only. Um, so when we started to talk to equity crowdfunding platforms, and we, we didn't just do this in Australia, we, we talked to a number of platforms in different markets around the world. We were very careful about who we wanted to talk to because um, there, are, there are lots of platforms that you know, would say, this is a great idea, how do I get involved? There are some others that might say, well, look, that's a great idea. Uh, we might go and have a go at that ourselves at some point in the future. But, but more importantly, we wanted to find platforms where we felt that you know, they're, culturally they're, they were willing to innovate. You know, this is new. And whilst equity crowdfunding is not new, this idea of creating a global network of equity crowdfunding platforms to make equity crowdfunding global, that is a new idea. So we wanted to find partners that would be willing to collaborate with us um, and and help us answer some of the questions. And, And so what was incredibly encouraging was that the more that we did that, the more that we sort of researched companies that we thought were good candidates for a partnership and went out and had a first discussion with them, it was a universally positive response um, where you know these companies were saying, gosh, that, that just puts us on a completely different footing as an industry because it means we can compete with venture capital in a way that we haven't been able to to this point. and It means that when we're talking to growth companies that are looking to raise money, Equity crowdfunding is so much more attractive when we say to them, we have access to a global network of investors. Um, so th- these are the types of things that really resonated for the for the crowdfunding platforms that exist today, and it was no different in, in Australia. Um, so that that was also a really important validation point for the business. Is we think we've got this great idea, we've got a pretty good idea how it's going to work as a business. We know what the technology needs to achieve, but do the do the partners themselves think it's a good idea? Does it help them? And in those discussions, Justin, what we discovered was that we have a 100% alignment with our partners. You know, this is a really interesting point when you're looking at creating a network. So, uh, if you're an aggregator, um, unlike Daxi Chain, if you're an aggregator, simply creating another destination where you represent a combination of different investment opportunities, you essentially eventually end up competing with those those partners. And we see that today in all sorts of verticals, whether it's real estate or automotive, with this genuine tension between the aggregator and, the, and their constituents. Um, but in our case, as a decentralized and purely as a technology provider, what we're saying is that our job is to help our partners become stunningly successful. Because in the end, we don't win unless, unless they win. And so if we're building technology that solves their problems and makes raising capital easier for them, and by doing so easier for companies to tap into, then that's the only thing that can make Daxi chain successful. So that alignment I, I think is actually, it's one of the things that I love most about this business. And
0: so, for the purposes of um, an example, or for clarity, let's say company X goes onto one of the platforms in Australia. It's looking to raise five million dollars, but it's it starts to slow down from the local market at around two million. The market is almost tapped out. Through your technology, you're opening up that investment opportunity to. To the world essentially, and people from anywhere from, from Europe, the United States, or North, North America into Asia can all participate in that funding round.
1: That's that's correct. And so what what you might find is a platform says, look, let's run this deal with our crowd first and um and if we need to accelerate the take up of the offer, or if we think we can't entirely fulfill the offer, then we can expose it to the rest of the of the network. But in many cases, there are platforms saying, "Well, actually, what this allows me to start to contemplate is just redefining what's possible to begin with. So, maybe instead of going for two million, uh, uh, a round of two million dollars, let's go for a round of four million, and let's expose it to the global network right from the outset. So, these these types of dynamics will become clearer as we as we build the network. But we we are confident that." You know, it's it's a real chicken and egg dynamic where the more investment opportunities you have and can provide people, the more attractive it is for investors to come and take a look. And of course, the more investors that you have, the more attractive it is for people to actually say, Well, I'm going to raise money through those investors. So, this network effect we think will really start to d- deliver us some compound growth. What
0: about in some of the regulatory challenges or considerations if you're dealing in multiple markets? Have you had to get your head around that process and uh, what a global expansion looks like? And like, how do you navigate through all of that?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And this is the area where the devil's in the detail. So in some cases, the differences in regulations are very simple. So, In one market, they might say, well, you can raise up to $2 million. In another market, they might say, well, you can raise up to $5 million. Those sorts of differences are actually quite easy to provide for um, uh, in terms of what our technology manages across all those markets. When we get into the more nuanced areas of compliance, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, In Australia, there's a rule that says, look, if you've got investors asking questions about the company raising the money you have to answer those questions and you have to publish those questions and answers on your platform so that any other prospective investor can see those same questions and answers and it's this idea of all investors participating where there is the same amount of disclosure available to all right that's the underlying principle so but that particular rule doesn't apply in a whole bunch of other markets so When you start to peel it back, there are certain compliance requirements that we absolutely need to manage for on the platform, but there are others that we actually don't need to manage for because the partner in the market where those rules exist already has to manage to those rules. So The whole idea is that we want to be entirely non-disruptive. Okay, we hear a lot in investing and startups and early stage businesses, this concept of disruption. Equity crowdfunding you're, is, you're the opposite. We are, we are the opposite. Equity crowdfunding is not a large, established, mature market that's ripe for disruption. It is a market that's trying to find the path to exponential growth. and What we're saying is that path is a slow and painful path if we remain a series of disconnected local operations. If we become a global proposition, it all changes and changes really quite quickly. So, Getting into the nuance of the regulations as they apply in each market, what we started to realize is there are some that we absolutely need to manage for in our technology, but there's others that if we tried to manage it, we'd just be getting in the way of the local platform that already manages against those rules and regulations
0: so how do you stay on top of the technology Ian because this this is changing all the time it's advancing by the by the day the week the month the year so uh, it's obviously a big consideration for you for the firm how do you ensure that Daxi chain stays at the forefront of technological advancement
1: well look at the answer in a couple of areas first of all we've got a great team of tech Tech people. They're really smart, forward thinking. They're leveraging innovation in a whole bunch of different areas, um, not just network-based technology and, and blockchain, but other areas as well. So that, that that boils down to people as much, as much as anything else. We've got a compliance team that are always looking at, you know, any shift in the rules, particularly in the markets that we're focused on at, at this stage of our journey. Um, any shift in those rules and what that might mean for us, we're always we're always looking at that. But of course, the overarching principle here is the same principle in any modern technology business, which is continuous development. We never stop building. We are always refining, spinning up new features, trying to solve problems more elegantly. So the product is never built. Um, it's never finished. You're, you're always improving it, refining it, adding new features. And you know we've got a long list of things that we we know because we've validated this directly with our partners. We know these new features will deliver uh, incremental value. We've really focused at this stage of our journey of just getting all of the things we have to have in version one complete, tested, integrated, ready to go. That's where we are today. But there's a long list of things to come. So it's just a case of we are we are committed to this process of of continuous development. We're always. Looking to improve the technology,
0: and do you have any thoughts, Ian, on the broader impact that Daxi Chain aims to have on the world of finance and innovation? It's a big question, but surely you've you've turned your mind to that at some point.
1: Yeah, look, we we have. I mean, this is one of the we looked at this very early on, and when we started to appreciate, you know, this. The market share. So, if we look at all of the all of the capital that goes into growth companies, as I said earlier, it's less than one percent comes from equity crowdfunding, and so we're staggered by that. And the opportunity for equity crowdfunding is really to redraw the lines of the innovation economy. Today, the innovation economy is literally hijacked by VCs. They contribute all the capital. They make all the rules. Um, you know, their their terms are sometimes onerous. Um, and and equity crowdfunding is the opposite of all that, but it doesn't have scale. And so when we say redraw the lines of the innovation economy, really what we're saying is rather than being less than one percent of about a two hundred and fifty billion dollar a year market, we don't see why equity crowdfunding can't be fifty percent. But it's not taking that fifty percent off VCs. It's actually incremental. So, rather than being a $250 billion a year market, which is investing in growth companies, we're saying it should be a $500 billion a year market. and 50% of that should be contributed by equity crowdfunding.
0: We're almost out of time, Ian. Final question. You mentioned before the capital raise. If there are interested investors listening to this, how do they get involved, if they can get involved with with, uh, Daxi Chain's campaign to raise some capital?
1: Well, first of all, look. Uh, anyone that is interested can, can participate. Uh, we'd certainly encourage anyone who's interested to take, take a closer look. If they go to daxychain.com, uh, we've got a, a, a page on the website that's dedicated to sharing more information about what we're doing, what the, the crowdfunding capital raise process looks like, and how they can register with a local platform to participate. Uh, and anyone that, that registers their interest through DaxiChain.com we also just keep them updated with various market insights and um, uh, uh, podcasts and, and different things that we're doing to help pe- people stay informed.
0: Ian Lowe, founder and CEO of DaxiChain. Fantastic insights today. All the very best Ian in the, the journey ahead. We will stay in touch with you and keep a close eye on the business as you build the empire. So thanks for coming onto the show and, and well done.
1: Thanks for having me, Justin.